Welcome to iWoofs with your hosts, Dr. Ian and Kelly Dunbar, and me, Jamie Dunbar. So, what's up for this week? We have puppies this week, Kelly? This week we're talking about puppy problems, all the typical problems um, that that occur. And the title is, you know, if we have a title every week, When Will It End? When Will It End? When Will It End? That's uh, that's actually a very open-ended question. Well, I never have puppy problems because I have you. You're the the puppy raiser. Mm. Um, Don't think think another pup is in me. (laughs) Well... When will it end? I mean, and generally, that's a question for nipping. Well, I, I can give a you know very quick answer to that. When will it end? There's two answers: never or very quickly. Um, never. This is behavior. You know, we we gotta gotta see it through. We gotta educate the puppy. What are the top five problems we don't, that people have? If we don't, it ain't gonna work. And the puppy's gonna end up in the shelter, and it's gonna end pretty quickly. So, questions. I don't know, nipping. Questions we get in puppy class. Chewing. Nipping. House soiling. Chewing, house soiling, uh, whining in the crate. Yeah, as well. I, I would. If we now put that in with adolescent barking, then we got a big one. So let's call it vocalization. Nipping so and mouthing. Does mouthing count? Like you know, pulling. That to me is nipping. And, nipping. No, but mouthing. I feel like you know, biting clothing and pulling on things. To me, it's the same. Yeah, it's nipping. all the same. Well, um, that's the big four. Then we got the big four. That's let's start bad. with our questions and then take it from there. I think. How about that? Well, you want to do that? Yeah. Sounds questions, good. Jamie. We have puppy questions. We get lots of them. Number one, we have an adorable 12-week-old Capuchon. I have read and read and tried to apply what I have read. Having trouble in both main and two Wait, main areas. have a problem. What's that? Cabochon. Do you know what it is, Ian? No, what's a Cabochon? faces over there. Yeah, yeah. okay. Do you know, Jamie? Is it a dog? A breed of dog, perhaps? A Cavalier... Bichon. Bichon. Really? There we go. All a right, Cabochon. A Cavalier Bichon. A purebred cavachon, no doubt. Yeah, I actually think everything should be a mute, like a cavachon mute. You know, everything should be crossed with a malamute. That's my own view about ah. these designer breeds. So that'd be a cavamute. Cavamute. Well, cavachon mute. A mute shawn. Anyway, sorry, Karen, let's get on with it. Come on, quickly. We have no, people no. here listening to let's us. Make wait, more, wait let's make up more. advice. Make up more dog breed mixes. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, so anyways, we have two main problems: housebreaking and biting. We crate. We bring them out every two hours. Or after he eats, he will actually be outside for 15 minutes and do nothing, then come in and relieve himself within 10 to 20 minutes. Uh-huh. If we get him to do one thing, we stay out longer, but then doesn't do the other until we come <laughs> back in. This is I don't make the one thing. Yeah, he, he will cross-dress. I don't understand. But, yeah, he won't, he won't do his homework. Yeah, I think what vague. they're trying to say is that he doesn't go outside. He pees outside. but doesn't poop, I think they're trying to say. Ah, keep ooh, going, there's more. Biting. I have used the ouch method and the dominance, in parentheses, laying no, on no, the no, side. No, let's just deal with that question, because this is going to be like, it's puppies. It's going to be endless questions. Yeah, so, but we have a lot here. Well, let's just do the peeing. And, and, and here's the deal, a very simple rule about behavior. If a dog doesn't do something, so he won't pee and poop outside quickly. Don't let him free in the house. Well, th- that's that's the obvious one, which perhaps I was going to miss because it's so obvious. If he if he, you bring him in the house and he's still full, don't then let don't, him run don't free don't in the house. Don't let him run house. around. Watch him. But I, I was thinking more from a training perspective. If the dog is not urinating or defecating quickly, it either means that he's empty because he's done it in the house already, um, or he prefers to do it somewhere else, or He's been punished for doing it. 
or and he just is, doesn't know yet. No, and this is well, this is the interesting thing with the punishment that I had a case once where the owners caught the dog in the act of peeing, and they just went. <gasps> that was all they did. I had them role play for me. That dog now would not pee in their presence again. We had mm. to to house train this dog. We had to get a kid to walk the dog. And he would pee, reward the dog. And then basically the kid would walk the dog and the owners would reward it from the window. But it took about three weeks before this dog had the, the confidence to pee in the wow. presence of the owners again. It was, it was mind-boggling. And they realistically, most people say more than... <gasps> yeah. 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 So, number one, if you catch the dog in the act of peeing in the wrong place... You know, this is not the end of the world. It's not like your dog has, has, has eaten someone. It's like, outside, outside, outside. Be instructive, be urgent, but don't blow the dog's brains out. Because if you have a dog that's scared of peeing in your presence, he's kind of tricky to house train It's going to be hard to reward them. Yeah. for. So that's the number one point. What I would do with this dog is, I don't care how long you wait for him to pee outside. When he does, you say, good boy. Live a treat, live a treat, live a treat. And then I will bet a hundred bucks. The next day he pees, he'll do it in less than that time. The next day. Yeah, well, I mean, day. let's give people a little more instructive help here, though. I mean, when... You're what, so, that's such a put-down. That wasn't instructive. Well, oh, that was very the helpful. Next day it was, was, it's very, it was very um, instructive broad. It, helpful. it was very broad. It was very demonstrative. Was very the, broad. the point is, if you reward the dog when he goes, the next time he'll go quicker. And if you do it again, the next time he'll go quicker. Yes, no, But it's the true. point you're about to make, Kelly, is... Oh, he gets all shirty when I have a point to make. He's not going to talk for a minute. So, no, no, the point is that, you know, if the puppy, you're outside with the puppy, they don't go. I would limit the amount of time. You don't have to stand out there all day and wait for them to go. But if they don't go and they know they're not empty, put them back in their short-term confinement area or keep them on leash near you and have both eyes peeled, trained. I don't know what this eye peeling is anyway. Yeah. Trained on the dog, <laughs> you know, and and... Pay attention and, and try again. And later. the fact of the matter is, yeah. you know, she says here that the you know the, he he they waited outside for fifteen minutes, and then they came in and he relieved himself within ten to twenty minutes. Well, you know that's that's pretty common. 20. I mean, yeah. ten to twenty minutes. Yeah. You you know that you should have gone out again. Oh, I missed you know? that. I thought he was coming in and peeing immediately, which is proof positive that he's been punished for making mistakes. I, I, I don't. I don't. So think he thinks he's been punished. This is the interesting thing. They think they've punished him for making a mistake. The dog thinks he's been punished for peeing when people are around. I don't even see that there has to necessarily be punishment here. If a puppy is very young, say he's 12 weeks old, he just may be an indiscriminate peer and pooper if he's not getting punished for doing it inside. And he, he, I think it's just a matter of him going wherever the hell he... Oh, excuse me, wherever he happens to be. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, cut, edit, that's fine. Yeah. Wherever he he's going to go, wherever he happens to be, when the urge strikes, he hasn't made any connection with the act of, of being outside with relieving himself efficiently, and he also hasn't made the connection that it's not okay or it's not best to go inside. It's just when he when the mood strikes, he goes, he goes wherever he is, and he does that because the owners bring him in, knowing he's still full, and let him wander for twenty minutes. Yeah. So he's just learning so to go has, where, when he has to. He just mm -hmm. he's just doing what he would do. He's just going yeah. wherever. So he it seems pretty simple. You you bring them back in, put them back in the crate, and then go back outside or supervise. Yeah, ten minutes later, it's, twenty minutes later, you know, thirty minutes later, till he does it. So you can reward him. The whole point of crate training, which people forget, is so you can be there when the dog does it. So you can go yippee and give in him the right liver treats. Yeah, right. right time, right place. So we want quick peeing, right time, right place, three liver treats, lots of rewards, lots of pets. 
And then that becomes the habit which the dog wants to do. But the question of, I guess, you know, the theme of the day is when will it end? It will end relatively quickly if you spend a few weeks of real work and time observing your puppy, confiding them when they, you know, need to, when they need to be confined and watching them until they're empty, making sure they're reinforced Or it outside. may never end if you continue to let them free inside the house where well, they go pee. It will never end when you ask the questions like, oh, he's just a puppy, he'll get over it. No, he won't. You'll have an adult dog oh, it's with okay. the same he's problem so little. It's okay forever. So, you know, like the answer I gave at the beginning, when will it end? Either never or very quickly. Very different from Kelly. Kelly's answer is, if you train it in about three to four weeks, maybe a couple of months, you're going to have a house-trained dog in terms of peeing, pooping, chewing, barking, and what have you. If you don't, then it will persist in adulthood until either the dog dies or you decide to get rid of the dog. And so these puppy problems are, they're so predictable. We know what puppies are going to do, right? They're going to nip you, they're going to pee, they're going to poop, they're going to chew everything, and they're going to vocalize. And they're going to run around like idiots. They're going to you know, be, be, be really active. We know what they're going to do, so we must educate them. Well, let's go on to the next question, then. the next part of the question, then, then Jamie. It's an Biting. important one. Yes. Nipping. Yeah. I have used the ouch method and the dominance, the ouch method. <laughs> the dominance method, which oh, is yeah. explained as laying on side and holding down to calm. Squishing the dog, yeah. He now lays calm, but jumps right back up to bite and chew clothing. He has begun jumping at your face to nip. Please help. Signed up for puppy class, but doesn't start for three more weeks. Keep going. Yeah. Just wanted to note as a clarification, we praise and reward when the puppy goes outside. We startle and remove him to outside when he starts going in the house. And we're back to house training. Oh, we're back to house oh, training hold on. Again. I don't know what, but there's yeah. more about the bite. But, but biting. Getting more aggressive each day. We, we say no bite when chewing. Ouch when he makes skin contact. And redirect to chew toy and say this in quotes, whenever possible. I'm getting a bit overwhelmed and will gladly put in the effort, but I see no progress and I'm afraid he may hurt someone. So why would someone not see progress when they're doing bite inhibition training? and, and The ouch and, method, yes. if you will. No, they, many, they, they, we have absolutely misunderstood here. what we're trying to do here. And what we have here without intervention is a little dog which is going to bite you so hard on the hands. In the face. Uh, well, the oh. face diving too. He's going to be biting veterinarians, groomers, that... What they're trying to do is to stop the puppy putting teeth on their skin. And that's the very thing the puppy must do to develop bite inhibition. They're saying, no bite, no bite, no bite. And it, it, this is, it's the, the biggest single mistake you can make in all of dog training and husbandry. You're raising a dog that doesn't have bite inhibition. And, and he doesn't may, bite at all. Yeah, he doesn't bite, he doesn't he bite, practiced. and all's going to go well for three years until someone treads on the dog's toe or shuts his tail in the car door, and <laughs> that dog is going to just macerate the person's arm. So the whole point about bite inhibition training is you let the puppy bite you. You let the puppy mouth you. The more a puppy bites and mouths, the safer, safer his jaws will be in adulthood. The feedback you give is when the puppy is mouthing, which means it doesn't hurt that much, you say, oh, he's a good boy. There's a good boy. There's a good boy. Then he gives you a munch that hurts. And you go, ow, you worm. Quit it. Okay, sit. Yeah, now come here. And then we start again. So the puppy gets two types of feedback. When I'm mouthing, they like me. If I bear down, 
they they squeak, they yelp, they're hurt. They start playing. And they they stop playing, play stops, and they learn, wow, these humans are very sensitive. I have to be really gentle with my jaws. Boy, I I could play with another cavachon and bite him harder (laughs) than that. And it's not as sort of whingy as these, these humans. And that's the number one thing for all animals, not just puppies, cats, horses, cows, children, all to learn that your weapons can hurt. And they learn it very early on by playing and by play biting. And the more they play bite and the more they get the proper feedback, which is that's okay, that's okay, that hurts. And we go through four steps. You know, and I say this is where they, they really have to go and look up, you know, bite inhibition in Dog Star Daily. This is so important. We can't sort of glib over it in, in, in a radio show. They've got to read this stuff and understand that you've got to phase out pressure before you phase out so, frequency. So uh, back to when will it end? It's going to be a little while because there's a oh, process yes. here. And the longer it it's takes, not about the nipping safer it in the bud. you... They want, they want to... Yeah, nipping so to in speak. the bud, it's very funny. They want to look ahead to having a three-year-old dog that I used to have Malamutes. And I had the confidence with these Malamutes that it didn't matter what happened to them or where they were, they would never hurt another person. They would never hurt a person or another dog because of the bite inhibition. But the first 18 months of living with them was, it just didn't end. So don't nip they were nipping in the mouthing, bud. No, don't nip nipping in the bud. That's, that's pretty cool, Kelly. I like that. The more they mouth, the better it is. Gently. Yeah, because and we... Well, and not gently. You see, the more they hurt you as puppies... And get feedback from And it. get feedback, the more they learn our teeth hurt. And of course, this is a puppy with needle-sharp teeth and very weak jaws, but we want to look ahead to a two-year-old dog which has really powerful jaws and blunt teeth. But they're going to cause some damage. So we've really got to get this bite inhibition thing straight. And you cannot just say, I did the ouch method. Well, you did the ouch method, but you did it totally wrong. And, and the puppy's only 12 weeks anyway. It wouldn't, it wouldn't be finished. Yes, yeah. but to wise up, what we're creating here is a dead dog. That if we, we, we misunderstand this bite inhibition thing, this dog will bite, it will hurt, and it will not be around for long. And it's the number one quality a dog has to have. That It's not that does the dog react when he's upset or frightened or, or pissed off or whatever. It's when the dog reacts. Well, Does it do harm? She's also eliciting and, and that's what we have to do. an aggressive response when she's doing her dominance method, method of forcing the puppy on its side. Now it's coming up and biting your face. So the puppy's yeah, you see, puppy that, that's just old school, silly training, which does nothing. It does nothing to teach bite inhibition. All it does is to teach the dog that humans are bullies. You become defensive. And if you try to engage them in a fun puppy way by nipping on them, they splat you on your side and stare in your eyes and frighten the living daylights out of you until you're too inhibited to do nothing. And, and the big nothing that you're, you're inhibited to do is to play and bite. It stops bite inhibition training dead, and from then on you're living with a silent time bomb. So we must get people to understand this bite inhibition thing, and, and it's why, as I say, we have it written down so clearly um, on this website. On the other hand, the, the chewing on clothing and, and nipping at clothing, that should oh, stop right away. Yeah, and the reason is, and people probably um, would never guess this, clothing and hair doesn't have neurons so if you let a dog bite your trouser leg or chew on your hair you're actually training the dog to bite harder 
very close to your body. So when a dog nips your trouser leg, you go, ow, ooh, ow, that really hurt me. Sit. Because you here. don't know how hard it was. It could yeah. have been very gentle. No, but could have been gentle, could have been, been hard. Very hard. So the dog learns well, never never bite the clothing. And so he's, he's now very sensitive to this whole human thing, the human body plus the clothes. And, and, and the dog has the view that these humans are sensitive. You have to play very gently with them. And, and that's what we want because the, the human that may be important could be a two-year-old child, four years hence, that goes and give, gives the, hugs the dog and goes kissy face and the dog gets scared and doesn't like it. Well, now the child doesn't have a mark on them the dog has bite ambition. That, that's what it's all about. It's about preserving the dog's life. So she's got two different issues here. Puppy nipping, which is normal and natural and something that they need to do and, and should need do. To deal with properly. And then a defensive handling issue that's coming about because she's being rough on yeah. her Yeah, and what we want to do there is, by all means, you should be able to lay a puppy down on his side or on your lap, but we want to teach the dog to enjoy it. So we actually don't do the alpha rollover. We, we do the omega rollover. You take the little puppy and you get him in your arms and you rock him and you play with his tummy and you give him treats and you roll him over till he says, I love being rolled love being over rolled. my back. It's kissy-wissy time, you know. And, and, and so, yeah, we have to have a dog that can go into any position, you know, in cases at the vets or the groomers. But the notion of forcing a dog on his back... I mean, what is this thing where, you know, we're teaching people to pretend they are dogs or wolves? I mean, dogs and wolves don't do that rubbish. And, and there's this thing that you've got to force the dog on the back and it has something to do with dog training. It has nothing to do with dog training. It has to do with bullying animals. It's, it's absolutely too crazy for Which words. Which might suppress some behavior in some dogs most of the time, but is really kind of you get a, You try misguided. it on the wrong dog, you'll get a reaction. It's why I love Malamutes and Shiba Inus. You try doing that to them. You know, you won't have a nose left. And, and these are the dogs that stand up for dogs. <laughs> and they say, don't do this to dogs. We are the breeds that are going to protect all dogs. We're going we're gonna to protect the, the, the Cavachons and the, <laughs> and the Retrievers out there. That we, ju we just say no. We say no to this dominance right. abuse. You're getting a little silly here. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I was okay. just... No, no, it's, it's good. Let's go on to our, our second question. Indeed. Question number two. My, <laughs> my four-month-old puppy barks constantly whenever she is in a room with other dogs, like in her training classes. It's not that she's aggressive towards other dogs. She's just very friendly and wants to be with the other dogs and get their attention the attention of the humans in the classroom. We were fortunate. The trainer was understanding with behavior this first class, but it is very difficult to be paying attention to the instruction while she is barking and pulling. She gets very distracted in any situation where there are other dogs or people involved. For instance, she would be walking on a leash beautifully, and then another person crosses our way, or a neighbor is standing in their yard, and she immediately pulls towards them. We are using the gentle lead for walking her, and that helps, but why is she so friendly to strangers? <laughs> and is there a way to tame it without making her anti-social? No, the firstly, you know, saying she's, because she's so friendly, we don't know why the dog is barking. All we know is the dog has not been trained to shush, period. That's all. We want to teach the dog, shush means shush. To do that, I like to teach dogs to bark on cue. Why? then you can teach them to shush when you want to. You don't have to wait until the dog is out of control and over the top to say, right, I'm going to teach you to be quiet now. And the dog goes, Aah! you know, there's, there's no attention there at all. So we teach the dog to speak on cue, very simple, rover speak, 
Ding dong, ding dong. Oh, good dog, good dog, good dog. Sounds like they have a lot of cues available that they could use to Absolutely. train. Absolutely, we could do it right in class. Woof on cue. And once the dog speaks on cue, now go on a long walk every 25 yards. Say Rover speak. Oh, good dog. And shush. Put a food treat just under its nose so the dog sniffs it. The dog instantly stops barking. Good boy. Good shush. Good shush. Treat. So that's what we've got to do. We've got to teach the dog to shush on cue. That the barking thing, it, it makes humans' brains freeze. And the owner will say, I don't know why he's doing this. Why is he totally friendly with these dogs and totally even this? I, I don't understand. Do, 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 do. Teach the dog to shush. It's really simple. It's a, it's a very simple behavior training exercise. As a tip, though, when you're going to puppy class, first night, take along a Kong, which is stuffed with food. Every night. Every night, a chew toy stuffed with food. The best ones are Kongs, Biscuit Balls, Big Kahunas, Squirrel Dudes. Stuff with food, you put it on the floor, have a string on it so it doesn't roll away. Your dog will lie down quietly chewing. And that'll make the class easier on you. But we, we, we have to. It, it's really interesting. It's the most a, a real misunderstood thing in training, the barking. You know, people will say, oh, he's trying to be dominant. Oh, he's too excited. No, he's just untrained. And when we train him, it's, it's so easy. Like, I love it when my dogs bark because they tell me things. Like, you know, Claude will say, there's a squirrel outside. Or another dog will say, the mailman's arrived. And I say, thank you. Shush. And that's now it. you know it's time to pick up the mail. Now it's time to pick up the mail. Or time to shoo squirrels away. <laughs> like, mate somewhere else. Did you pick up that stomach? All oh, right, there we go. That was on cue. Make somewhere else. <laughs> Make somewhere else. Gurgle, gurgle. Right, okay. There. So um, next question. Come on, moving along. So we've done well, two okay, big problems so, here. So, so when will it end? You know, really. Uh, you know, the idea with that. I guess. Well, the barking very uh, well, I would quickly. Like to, can, it gets out. Of, I mean, it becomes self-reinforcing. Oh yeah, you, 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 you cannot. Really, really I, it loop. blows my mind when people are sitting with a dog and the dog is going woof, woof, woof. Woof, woof, and they do nothing. It's like, hello, you know, and 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 and, and you see parents do this with children, you know. It's like, mom, uh huh, mom, uh huh, mom, uh huh. It goes on and on. We, we've got to give some feedback, and the feedback is, thank you. You have some input. Now shush, because if you let it go, this will become such a self-reinforcing habit. So. I think one thing that, that's hard for people is it sounds like you recommended if, if your dog's barking, you can put a food treat in front of their nose, they will smell it, they'll stop barking, then you can reward them. But I think a lot of people would assume that if they're barking and then you offer a food treat, you'll be reinforcing their barking. That's a really good point, Jamie. And, and it's, yeah, it's a, it's a very, um, it's a concern, but it's absolutely untrue. You see, rewards go back in time. And, and you reward what happened, you know, within one second of giving the food. So if your dog is going ballistic and he's barking away and you put a food treat under his nose, he probably won't notice it. Eventually he will. He'll sniff it. Then he'll stop barking. Then you go, good shush. There's a good boy. Good boy. Take the food. And I think when you realize that a reward or a punishment only goes back three seconds in time, that now we're only rewarding the dog for shushing. Or it, we're rewarding the dog for stopping barking. 
more than we're rewarding the dog for barking. But we're rewarding the dog for being quiet even more than we rewarded the dog for stopping barking. So, but suffice it to say, you know, the proof of the pudding is in the eating. Try it out. And when you try it out and go, shush, I got food under the dog's nose. The dog goes quiet. Good shush one, good shush two, good shush three. And you give the food. And, and each time you do it, you, you up the level of the shush time before you give the treat. And it works. So no. Kelly will tell you it works. Who's the king of shush, Kelly? Who's the shush king? Uh, excuse me, who's the shush king on air? <laughs> Who is the best person you know? You're good at shush training. Yeah, I'll at getting dogs to shush. How far away? But you're away? not good at shushing, which is what <laughs> I need you to do. <laughs> that was not very nice. Right now, okay. we only have a few minutes. Because um, you know, the, the theme of this week's episode is when will it end? Puppy problems, when will they end? Um, and the reoccurring theme with puppies and puppy training is time. Is you know it, time is of the essence. Some you, know, you have to start your puppies early, get them trained, get them socialized, work on their bite inhibition, continue to work on that because puppy time is a time of development. Um, this is why puppy class is so important, and but also why it doesn't just stop there. This is you know, I think people have to really realize this. This you know the it, it's ongoing. Yeah, it's like with bite inhibition, I would say take your time. Socialization it goes on forever. Three unfamiliar dogs, three unfamiliar people a day. With house training, chewing, and vocalization, you've got to stop it immediately and redirect these normal, natural, necessary doggy behavior. You, you have to control to it. Outlet. Immediately, yeah. You've got to teach the dog where to pee and poop right from the outset. You've got to teach him what to chew right from the beginning. And you must teach him to shush. That You can't let these habits to develop because... This is what kills dogs. I mean, those three very simple behavior problems are the number one terminal illness in dogs, period. That that's why people get puppies, and then at six to eight months, they go to the shelter. And puppyhood is the time to address these common Absolutely. problems that we know will be an issue. Yeah. And, and, and that's, um, you know, that's the time to rescue shelter dogs in puppyhood by, by letting people know. You know, if you had a dog that, that peed and pooped in the right place and chewed the right things... And only barked at appropriate times, but always shushed when you said so. Loved all people, never hurt people. Well, why get rid of him? You, you, you're going to live with him till he's 14 or 17. And you're going to just in, enjoy this, this, this wonderful relationship. And that's why it's so important. So for those three big problems, the time is pressing. The clock is ticking, as you say. The clock is ticking. And I say that? Is that before or after? Isn't that oh, on, on the cover of the book. I didn't say that. I, I, I wrote it on the cover of the book. As you no, wrote. The clock is ticking. But I, I can't overemphasize with bite inhibition. Take your time. The more the puppy bites you, the more safe his jaws will be a, as an adult. And with socialization, it never stops. It just it never stops. That as soon as you stop socializing and your dog is not meeting unfamiliar dogs and people, we're so going downhill. Puppy training is important, but it puppy doesn't training. stop there. Yeah, it doesn't Keep stop going. there. The clock is ticking. Unlike this too. program, which has to stop right now. Actually, five <laughs> seconds ago. All right, there we go. <laughs> Let's say goodbye, everybody. Goodbye, goodbye everybody. everybody.